Through the woodland, through the valley Comes a horseman wild and free Tilting at the windmills passing Who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild but he is mellow He is strong but he is weak He is cruel but he is gentle He is wise but he is meek Reaching for his saddlebag He takes a battered book in Hey everybody, welcome to Jagged Little Mill, a Don Quixote podcast from the boys at Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name's Andrew of Philadelphia. I guess we should like have night names. We Have we talked about this yet? We should come up, I mean, maybe we did do it when we first learned about the epithet, the night of the sorrowful face, but we should have like night names that we introduce ourselves with for mm. this, for this podcast. Well, we should have thought of that. That's a great idea. Yeah. But, uh, sometimes it's better to think about it beforehand and sometimes it's better just to roll with it. Okay. What's yours? I guess I'm the night of the impromptu podcast intro. Mm. I am the night of the host with the almost. Okay. Like I'm like I'm here hosting, but I don't really have a good grasp on what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. No, I like it. Um, which welcome to our, <laughs> our podcast, <laughs> where we discuss a few chapters at a time. The seminal novel Don Quixote by Miguel which de Cervantes. Un- unlike, it's contrary to the thinking of some uh, conservative American political cartoonists, is not. A book about an awesome dude who totally whips some windmills. <laughs> yeah. Well, ugh. <laughs> uh, this book was written in the s- late 16th, early 17th century by Miguel de Cervantes, and we are reading the translation by Edith Grossman. Um, we are closing out on Don Quixote Part 1. Today we are discussing chapters 43 through 52 of the Grossman translation. And this brings us to the end of the first book or the yep. first section of the story. Yes, which which was published on its own. It was not it did not receive its, you know, quote unquote sequel mm-hmm. for another like 9 years, 10 years, yeah. something like that. So all told this book encompasses the first two Sallies of Don Quixote as in like sallying forth from his home. <laughs> yes. That's true. He leaves his home twice. It's in, not like a a way that people referred to like women and like oh what a what a fine Sally she is, you know? It's not like that. Yeah, people have ever done that, but not here. That's not what we're talking no. about. No. Uh-uh. Um last time on Andrew, what do you remember? <laughs> so we're hanging out in this inn again. This inn that the this Hotel California of an inn that nobody can escape in this book. Which Don Quixote and, thinks is a castle. Which he thinks is a castle because he's deluded. Yeah. Um, and we've been hanging out with these with these very pretty ladies uh, <laughs> who, whose love story all worked out. We read this cool book about about these the, cuckolds. The two friends. Those re- the, the guys who were such good friends that they're called the two friends. And this, this all pretty much resolved itself as of this chunk of the book. And so what we're left with is the, you back out to the Don Quixote part of the story 
story. We're not nested anymore. It's Don Quixote's friends and neighbors who are still trying to get him to come home in the hopes that they can cure him of whatever malady he's got that makes him think that he's a knight errant. And and the the lovers from the previous story that you've alluded to, they're kind of into the Don Quixote thing at this point. Um a lot of people are just kind of egging him on in yeah, this. Yeah. And there's one section in particular in this where everybody just kind of mutually <laughs> decides to gaslight somebody. Uh-huh. Which is fun we've, for everyone. We've picked up two new party members at the end of the previous story, this captive and this woman named Zorieda. Um, they're only important in so much as they've delivered a judge and another woman to this inn. This woman mm-hmm. named Clara, who will factor in the beginning of this story. Uh, and the, yeah, this story picks up with last time everyone heard a beautiful singing voice outside. Yes. Um, that they were like, oh, that's the mule driver. Yeah, it's a mule driver with the beautiful singing voice. But Clara, Clara knows what's up. She's like, that's not, it's not a mule driver. It's like a minor noble who is in love with me and I'm in love with him, but our dads don't like it. Yeah, he's singing a classic Don Quixote style song of like, oh, if only I could be with my lady love. Yeah, like if only. And his lady love is inside and Dorotea and He's about is like, to, you know, so these circumstances about to whack all these people over the head <laughs> like a lance in a misguided fight. Uh-huh. I guess. Uh, Dorotea is keen to hear more about this story. The the big, like, the details that, like, stood out to me were that, like, they'd never spoken before. <laughs> he <laughs> saw her through a window that his that her dad had, like, you know, covered with paper or something. Because they not couldn't afford good glass. Not good enough. And well, was glass, I guess glass existed, yeah. right? When did yeah. glass get invented? Before Don Quixote, but okay, cool. they, before I, Don Quixote, this times. judge didn't have glass windows or something. Um, let's hope he didn't throw stones either. He uh, probably would have let his daughter marry this dude, but they'd never spoken before. And yeah, she is concerned that this he's like of too high class, and his his dad won't let him marry her or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And this guy's name ends up being Don, Don Luis. Don Luis. And he has been following her. Like, she knows yeah, it's him out the there. to point where he's just, like, shadowing her wherever she goes and, like, nodding at her as they pass in the street and, like, averting his gaze when he sees her dad so he doesn't, like, recognize him. And so far, this ploy is improbably, it seems to have been working without a hitch. Correct. Correct. Bef- um, so we what? So we find out who this guy is and then we... We continue passing the night at this at this inn. Don Quixote is bravely standing guard outside. Yeah, what's up with some people decide to punk him? <laughs> yeah, it's... tell tell me about this this prank that these ladies play on Don Quixote. Uh, Mayor Tornes, who we've met in previous chapters, who works at the inn and the innkeeper's daughter, they've factored into previous inn scenes because, as Andrew mentioned, you can only go to this inn in all of Spain. Mm-hmm. And sort of a uh, sort of an in group, if you will. Yes, and they, you know, they knew th- about his madness, and they wanted to pass the time listening to his foolishness. 
So they and who and listen, what are we all here to do if not that exact thing? So she kind of is like, hey, there's someone up in this window. Like one of them pretends to be a maiden in need up on like a balcony, and he's supposed to like kiss her hand and talk to her and assure her. But the only way he can do that is to stand on his horse, his sad uh-huh. horse, Rosinante. Mm-hmm. And Rosinante seems, I don't know, just happy to be here, I guess. Yeah, I love Rosinante <laughs> a lot, actually. <laughs> um, but he's just kind of up for whatever. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Imagine if, like, Pokey from Gumby, but like high all the time. Like, he's just vibing. He's not trying to actually move the plot himself or anything. No, yeah, the book does resist making him like a character. Like, Rosinante never looks at the camera and says, like, oh, it's a living. Like, there's no, there's none of that stuff. Oh. Uh, and none wh- of that Flintstones crap in this While book. these, uh, while they are tricking Don Quixote, uh, Meritornes, like, kind of sneaks a rope around his wrist. And then, yeah, they like pretend to be some kind of maiden or yeah. goddess or something, and they trick him into sticking his hand into a thing to like receive a blessing or something. Yes, and, and then they tie him to tie a wall. Up his wrist. Yeah, and so he can he can't move his arm anymore, mm-hmm. and he's stuck standing on his horse. And then mm-hmm. they just leave, mm-hmm. and it's a very precarious situation. He presumes that it is enchantment. Which, of course, he does. The enchantment yes, meter he, is at yeah. eleven. This entire series of chapters. Well, because every time Don Quixote does something really stupid or gets into a scrape or somebody beats him up, he's like, "Oh, enchantment." It's it can't be that I have to rethink everything about how I am living my life right now. It must just be enchantment. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing's gonna prove him wrong, and he. He's on his horse. He's there all night. A couple of dudes roll up. I think it's legitimately four horsemen roll up. And they've got business. They start banging on the door early in the morning. He's like, don't bang on this castle. And they're like, it's not a castle. And while they're yelling about that, uh, one of those horses gets a little frisky for Rosinante. Yes. <laughs> and Rosinante seems kind of interested. There's a lot of horse smelling happening. Yeah, a lot of a lot of smelling of for but but anyway, Rosinante leaves and Don Quixote is the the book very in in great detail describes him hanging out of this like hole in this in the wall of this inn <laughs> and his feet almost touch the ground. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. But they're so close to touching the ground that it makes him try even harder to get them to touch the ground, which makes it hurt even worse. Yes. This thing that is happening. And he's screaming and waking everybody up. And Meritorian is like, okay, punk's over. I got to go out and save him, I guess. Because mm-hmm. otherwise someone will find out that I did this, which no one is going to find out that she did this. No, nobody cares. But she lets him loose. And that like that passage just happens. In, in the grand scheme of things, it is reasserting the Don Quixote thinks that this castle's out to get him. Um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't like advance a specific plot. Because the rest of this stuff does kind of start to you know, domino into each other. This one is just mm-hmm. kind of there, I suppose. It's just kind of a silly thing that happens to Don Quixote because he's gullible and yes. Yes. 
Um, so what next? Don, we move forward in the Don Luis story, right? These guys well, are so here the, for the, Don the Luis. Four, the, yeah, the four guys who showed up are like servants of Don Luis's dad, and they're here to gather him up. Yeah, and he's like, "But I don't want to." <laughs> That's. But it. I don't want to go, and I'm a free guy, and you can't make me go. Uh huh. I'm Don Luis. And what he like appeals to Clara's dad and is like, yo, I love your daughter so much. And he's like, wow, mm-hmm. I wish I would have known this <laughs> before mm-hmm. we found ourselves in this situation. Mm-hmm. Seems like I would be fine with you marrying her, but like it would be cool to talk to your dad. There's a lot that has happened a number of times in this book where Just like a lot of dads got a back channel. Dads <laughs> would dads would <laughs> the love dad with- the to dad talk. whisper network yeah they would love to talk to each other over dadster and like figure this kind of stuff out between each other for better or for worse i suppose yeah, i'm just gonna start like i have my dad call your dad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will be my new way to end business meetings yeah for in sure the 16th century um and is that that just kind of resolves itself? Yeah, like right? I don't. The Don Luis story just kind of peters out. You're you're used to a lot of different like kooky stuff happening. Like somebody else might show up, and then somebody else might show up on top of that, and everybody like swaps partners, and then but no, none of that, none of that happens. There's like a, I'm just leafing through my copy right now, and there's like a two page beat where the innkeeper's getting beaten up, and like yeah, the innkeeper's <laughs> getting beaten up. There's this whole thing where Don Quixote, like somebody asks him to, I think the innkeeper's wife asks him because he's the only one who's not doing anything during this Don Luis <laughs> section, asks him to please help her husband. Get from getting beat from being beaten up by these two guys who don't want to pay their tab yeah a thing which don quixote has a lot of experience doing by the way um and he's like listen i would love to but i can't take up another side quest when i've got an active main quest he's and been so yep, i'll uh-huh. have to <laughs> so i've got to ask um, what, what's her name? Who's pretending to Dorotea. be a princess? Dorotea. Yeah. yeah. I've got to ask her if I can do it. And she's like, yes, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally <don't> fine. <laughs> um, and then the book is like, okay, well we'll let them resolve that. And now we're going to go back to the Don Luis thing. Like it literally, d- it does just say, Hey, we're going to, okay, we're going to back up from this and go back to what we were talking about well, before. And then and then it just kind of resolves Yeah, itself. I think that... And that one gets interrupted again, but ultimately I think Fernando is like, hey, Don Luis, you can come like work for me if you want and like get some extra like levels so that your dad will respect you. And also like one of your dad's dudes is going to work for you while you're with me mm-hmm. and we'll mm-hmm. wait to hear what your dad says. But before we get to that resolution and whatever, we're not going to talk about that again because it's just whatever. Uh, it's whatever. The, yeah. the barber from like thirty chapters ago shows up. Yeah. So remember the barber who had that really cool basin and excuse Don me, Quixote it was a helmet. It was, well, that's I was just getting to that. He had a cool basement, and Don Quixote thought it was a helmet, and then Don Quixote beat him up and took his helmet, and Sancho took all his stuff, his donkey and then gear. They yeah, left. Yes, barber's back. And he's mad, and he's he's here to get even. Yes, and it, they're like they're arguing about the saddle for a period of time. Well, it's so the this whole thing starts with the barber saying, "Okay, this guy took my basin and he took my saddlebags." 
Yeah. Or whatever it is. And Sancho's like my 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 knight, my guy, my man my main man, Don Quixote, <laughs> told me I could have this. And yes. so it's mine and I didn't steal it and it's not yours anymore. And also it's not what you're saying it is. Because Don Quixote, like he's he I forget what the second item gets gets swapped out for being i know that the basin is definitely a helmet i don't remember what the like saddlebag pack they keep using like the same words it's like it's his own saddlebags or it's a paddle sack or a pack saddle or something Mm -hmm. and it's just whether or not it is like cool enough for knights or not (laughs) yeah and then and so it it comes you know they're arguing over this this bag of stuff, they're arguing over Don Quixote taking his basin, and Don Quixote is like, well, it's not a basin, it's a helmet. It's the helmet of Mambrino! It's the helmet of Mambrino, and everybody just decides, because everybody's been hanging out with Don Quixote, Don Quixote's priest friend has been telling everybody what the whole deal is, filling them all in, and they're like, well, this seems like, I'll have, I can have a bit of fun with this, and so everyone, everyone tells this barber that this basin is is a helmet we're, and that you would have to be stupid not to be able to see that it's a helmet were you not con- i was confused when it's at the beginning of chapter 45 i think when the barber who hangs out with the priest all the time don quixote's barber yeah i got the barbers mixed up yeah i got the barbers mixed up too <laughs> cuz there's two barbers and one of them is in on the goof and one of them isn't and one of them isn't. I mean, the the barber story, like the 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 basin barber, helmet barber story, is resolved because the priest kind of like pays him under the table, and is like, if you accept this settlement, you can't sue us for any of this theft <laughs> that happened to you in the future. And everybody <laughs> ends up like being happy with that arrangement overall. Yeah, there's but there's a couple like Fernando quote-unquote, takes a vote of everyone in the room and is like, listen, guy, I'm going to ask everybody in this room whether or not it's a basin. And he only counts like five people who know that it's a helmet, quote-unquote. And he's like, I'm tired of getting all these yes votes. I'm not going to ask anybody anymore. This is definitely a helmet. And then... Lord save me, said the barber who was the target of the joke. Is it possible that so many honorable people are saying that this is not a basin but a helmet? This seems to be something that could astonish an entire university no matter how learned. And, Oof. And then there so is... So everybody's, everybody's punking this guy, another punk. Yes. Um, and the, the other people who do not know what the joke is are the four guys who showed up for Don Luis. They are also a little confused, though I think they are let in on it later yeah the priest fills in a few different groups of people during these chapters and i think these four guys are part of it because they're part of the party that leaves when they pack don quixote yes. up and and try to start bringing him home don quixote does we'll end up to in a minute don quixote does end up fighting with one of those guys about whether or not it's a basin or a saddlebag and i it it results in the entire inn going into like cartoon chaos Oh yeah, I wanted like, to I'd, read this yeah, whole I'd, passage. It's so good. Please do, yeah, because I what um, somebody tweeted like a Popeye clip of Popeye and Bluto <laughs> fighting <laughs> yes. earlier today, and this so much like 
that tweet about that guy who's only seen the movie Boss Baby. Uh huh. This this sequence had big Popeye vibes to me. This did. So at this point, Don Quixote has almost smashed another dude with a lance. Um, and the other officers from the Holy Brotherhood are getting in the fight. The innkeeper, who was also a member of the Brotherhood, went in for his staff and sword and then stood by the side of his comrades. Don Luis's servants surrounded him so they could not escape during the disturbance. The second barber, seeing everything in a turmoil, seized his paddle sack again, and so did Sancho. Don Quixote drew his sword and charged the officers. Don Luis shouted at his servants to leave him and go to the assistance of Don Quixote and Cardinio and Don Fernando, who were fighting alongside Don Quixote. The priest shouted, the innkeeper's wife called out, her daughter cried, Maritornes wept, Dorotea was confused, Lucinda distraught, and Donna Clara in a swoon. The barber beat Sancho. Sancho pounded the barber. Don Luis, when one of his servants dared, seized him by the arm to keep him from leaving, punched him so hard his mouth would base in blood. The judge defended him. Don Fernando had one of the officers under his feet and was trampling him with great pleasure. The innkeeper cried out again, calling for help for the Holy Brotherhood. In short, the entire inn was filled with cries, shouts, yells, confusions, fears, assaults, misfortunes, attacks with knives, fists, sticks, feet, and the spilling of blood. It was like wow. the Royal Rumble in there. I loved it. It was great. And just <laughs> Summer like Slam the- at this <laughs> at this one inn. <laughs> By God, that's Don Quixote's music. Um, and the way that like <laughs> the language really this is a book that is very verbose and very mm-hmm. like people go off for pages at a time, right? And to have which that- is in part a like a parody of yes. the way that these errant knight errantry books are written in the first place. Yeah, yes. and so then to have this whole like fight scene, have every character in the room name checked, and like the language kind of collapses in on itself, and it's very quick. I'm I'm sure a lot of that is also Grossman doing some some real work on the original Spanish to make it read in English. Mm-hmm. But it does. It feels really fun. There's um, some real Benny Hill stuff yes, that's happening yes. in here too. Um, and so then Don Quixote like stands up and is like, "Listen, all, we can't fight like this. This castle is making us fight. do this." Yeah, it's this. This is the, this enchanted castle. And he like he kind of like Darmok and what is it? Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. And Jalad at Tanagra. Yes. He's kind of like this is Kemba like- <laughs> with arms wide. Shaco and the Wall spell and other references. He's like, this is like that one story I know. And the only way that we're going to get out of this is if you, sir, play the part of this king and you, sir, play the part of that king. And we all get, you know, you know, reconcile our differences. And it stood out to me as in a book where everyone's like, Don Quixote, you, none of what you say is real. He goes, okay, here's what we need to do we need to use fiction to solve this real problem. And it works. Mm-hmm. They get through it. And then as the book points out multiple times, Don Quixote is, is a sharp guy. When you're talking about anything other than being a knight errant. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, uh, I found that moment really powerful. Probably also because I was still reeling from my favorite page so far of the book, which was that Popeye fight scene. Which was the Popeye fight, yeah. Um, (laughs) So they resolved that, and then... Is this how this book is taught? Do they bring up Popeye in schools when you talk about Don Quixote? I I don't know. People got to go find that Popeye-Bluto fight, because all I could think of was who would win in a fight, Goku or Popeye having eaten spinach. Because Popeye is like defying the laws of physics in that fight in a way... Mm -hmm. 
that seems tailor tailor made to fight a Super Saiyan is what mm-hmm. I want to know. And maybe Don Quixote mm-hmm. would. Don Quixote is very strong. Also. I mean, there there's that whole sequence where the springs come out. Like I guess they're fighting in a junkyard. Yeah, they're throwing and, furniture at each other. This is spring, not Don Quixote. This Popeye, is more Popeye. And Popeye uses the springs of a couch. Yeah. To beat up Bluto? Yeah, it rules. This is art to me. <laughs> uh, so th- they've resolved this, and one of the guys from the Holy Brotherhood is like, mm, I, have a, I literally have a plot complication in my pocket. What has he brought, Andrew? What does he have in his hand? Wait, who's, the, who's the guy? One of the guards who showed up for Don Luis. He has something related to Don Quixote. That's going to make everything. Do you remember what it is? I do not remember what it is. He has a warrant for Don Quixote's arrest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because Don Quixote's broken a lot of laws, including but not limited to releasing like those 12 prisoners <laughs> who beat him up and then ran away. <laughs> yes. And and the guy... Okay, I do, re- I do remember this now. He reads through his warrant that's, that very explicitly describes Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then he's like listen i gotta take you in i gotta do it and everyone's like listen man he's not right like that would probably not be a good move like you shouldn't yeah do that, that. that's why i didn't quite remember this pass i do remember the end result of it but i do feel like anytime anybody comes to really like give mm. Don Quixote the butt kicking that he is <laughs> always asking for. <laughs> I feel like the priest is there to be like, hey, 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 wait, 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 wait. This this guy uh it's not right in the head. And, and you can't do this. They don't listen. First we get the abolish prison Don Quixote again, and he's like, Come, mm-hmm. lowborn and filthy creatures, you call it highway robbery to free those in chains, to give liberty to the imprisoned. To assess, to assist the wretched, raise up the fallen, succor the needy. Who was the dolt who did not know that knights errant are exempt from all jurisdictional authority, <laughs> <laughs> or was unaware that their law is the sword and their edicts, their courage, their statutes, their will? He goes this on for a page. Of, I love this, this version stuff. of diplomatic immunity. Seems like it would cause a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I. <laughs> it's so good. It's pretty good. It's but pretty, then you're it's right. What happens is the priest pulls the guy aside and is like, listen, this guy's kind of, we're all working yeah, on it. Like even, even if you got him thrown into jail, like the, the people would, I, and I guess insanity, please date back at least this far in, yeah, in like Western jurisprudence, because the priest is like, even if you got him locked up, he would get released over and over again because he's obviously not, not right. Yeah. In his, he is, he is not right in his brain. And so then the next big problem is they have to like, how are Dorotea, Don Fernando and the crew gonna like gently rid themselves of Don Quixote? Like without just telling him the quest is broken. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Like I and I my I remember how they part from each other, which is like everybody promises to email each other <laughs> to let them know how their like whole situation ends up. Because the you know, these these people have spent a couple days together. They've been brought together by Don Quixote's 
a singular condition, I guess you could say. And they are all invested in each other's stories. And so it's kind of cute how they all like sign each other's yearbooks and say, you know, the hags Lilas and it's, it, they all go, you know, home, but they're all going to keep each other updated on what happens. But they have to deal with Don, Qu- Don Quixote first. Their scheme was to arrange with an ox driver who happened to be passing by that he would carry Don Quixote home in this manner. This is like some King Kong stuff. They prepared something like a cage with crisscrossed <laughs> bars large enough to hold Don Quixote comfortably. And then Don Fernando and his companions, the servants of Don Luis, the officers, officers of the Brotherhood, and the innkeeper, all of them under the direction and guidance of the priest, covered their faces and disguised themselves in a variety of ways so that Don Quixote would not think they were the people he had seen in the castle. So yes, the ladies are not participating. A couple other major characters are not participating. But they're just... But he's like under fake arrest. Sort of. He just finds... He like kind of wakes up in the cage. Yeah, he's he's in the cage, and it's clear that the, the four guys who have come to arrest him have kind of surrendered him to the to the priest. Yeah. And they're gonna let they're gonna help the priest get him back to his home, Don Quixote's home. Yes. And they they in their costumes they tell him some sort of prophecy that this is like part of his quest and it will help him. Like he is he is uh, yeah, they they do that and, and <laughs> they're so good at pretending to be like beings from on high who are delivering a prophecy that even people who know it's made up are like, whoa, this is good stuff. This is some good stuff. <laughs> and Nagiota eats it up. He's like, well, this is exactly what I want. This is, I mean, it's- this is his whole, this is his whole thing. This yeah. is what he wants everybody to do. Yeah. He does. He does kind of ponder like, Last time I read a story about a knight errant, he like wrote a hippogriff. Is it normal for dudes to just have to ride in cages? Is that because knight errants are rare now? And so like all they have are cages and I'm not like hip to what's new. I'm just like, I'm astounded that this, this is the one thing that Don Quixote chooses to look at. And he says, oh, that, you know, it's, it looks like a cage, smells like a cage. It must be a cage. It's not, this This isn't some, like, magical <laughs> turtle who's going to, like, fly me through the sky on the way home. Like, I, yeah. No. Um, and, like, the ladies bid him farewell, and they're pretending to cry. And he's like, don't worry about it. I'm a cool knight. See you later. Um, while we're, okay. There's like a whole okay. There's a whole passage where first I think it's the what happens first. They meet a different dude on the road who's like, "Let me talk to the priest for f- ten pages about high and low art and the merits of night stories." Right, like that. Happens. Is this the other priest? He's like a, we, he's a canon. C N O N. C A N O N. Yeah. Um, so this is this separate from that other party they run into where the two priests like talk to each other and are like, Hey, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Or, or yes. is the canon, the other priest. Um, okay. I think, I think the priest that Don Quixote knows does have that conversation with the canon, but the other priest that he's like, yo, listen, here's what the deal is, is when that guy thinks he killed Don Quixote later. Because yes, like right. that's right, <laughs> and Sancho gets so sad about it. Sancho, let's talk about Sancho Panza real quick. Yeah, please. He, so earlier in the book, he did seem like he was 
a little in on the joke on Don Quixote. Been a real just weird like ride for little, him. Yeah. Like intermittently. But in this stretch of chapters, he is clearly described as being almost as delusional as Don Quixote is. He seems to. And so I. Yeah, it's like a. It's not. I don't think it's sunk cost, but it's. I'm trying to think of the fallacy that it is where where he, he's getting into kind of the same thing Don Quixote is, where if he admits that any part of this is stupid, then this whole big part of his worldview collapses because he does earnestly seem to think that the governorship of an insula is is like coming to him. And he is even though he is seen and commented upon many, many, many times the stupidity of Don Quixote. Yeah. And the the fact that none of this is actually working out the way it's supposed to be. He does really, really seem to believe that he's got some rewards coming his way. Yeah. It really seems like he's a hustler who's just like really far out on the tightrope and is like, I gotta keep running this scam. <laughs> I hope that this scam where I ran away from my family and entrusted my whole livelihood to this crazy man is like gonna pay off? Well, does he even know it's a scam anymore? That's the, that's yeah. the question about Sancho Panza. He, Ponce he in these I don't think that he really he doesn't fully disassociate from reality the way that Don Quixote does. No, no. They no. have a pre. What is their argument where he is like, "Listen, Don Quixote, you are in a cage, and these are all people we know, and something's fishy." Because also, no one tells Sancho anything because they don't no. respect him. Well, because he's a big weirdo, he gets, he gets thrown around in a carpet and poops in public. Yeah, he's a mess, and no one tells him mm-hmm. anything. I think this story is very different. And he goes down to the river to sit and eat a meat pie. <laughs> he does! Eat a bi- he goes down to eat a big pie, and this is also very Popeye. You know, that <laughs> the guy, Wimpy, who eats hamburgers all the time? Yeah. That's kind of just like a Sancho Panza character. He does! do that a donkey is like goes, yeah you go eat that pie like, dude for a little bit he just excuses himself from the story to go down and eat a big pie down by the river which is a very good <laughs> and, but they they have this like thing where he's like donkey day something is up i need you to know that these are people we know and this is not an enchantment here's my reasoning do you have to pee would it feel good to poop would it his wording is wouldn't you like to make the major or minor waters? Yeah, that's that's Sancho. <laughs> so much of Sancho's life seems to be filtered through this this particular yeah concern. But he's like, have you ever heard of an enchanted person pooping? Do you have to poop? Well, maybe you're not enchanted. Yeah, and and Don and Don Quixote is like, maybe I'm under some special kind of enchantment. <laughs> Maybe they like upgraded it. They like, you know, did they they invented better enchantments where you do still poop? Yeah, because I do have to poop, but I feel like I'm enchanted still. So probably it's just a better enchantment where you it's harder to detect, and so you have to poop now. Yeah, it's such a great. I love it so much because it's a little bit of like the thing where like, hey. If this were a fictional story, like we never see like Jack Bauer go to the bathroom, right? Like I you, knew you were gonna do Jack Bauer go. It's to the, the easiest one. It's the easiest it's one. Very easy, yeah. Um, 
And he's like, Don Quixote, wouldn't it be great to pee right now? And Don Quixote's like, yeah, it really would. And he like lets him out of the... He gets... He talks his way into letting him out of the cage. And Don Quixote does go and pee. And he comes back and he's like, it's kind of nice to not be in this cage. I'm going to like... This is still an enchantment, but like, let's see where Sancho's going with this. <laughs> Which, And I think all of this comes after... A, a long conversation with the priest and this other guy that we talked about who's on the road who has read like the priest has read a bunch of the knight errant stories thinks they're mostly garbage but i guess concedes that like if they have value it's the value of like an author getting to display what he knows and what he's read about but also there's this like page long diatribe about it just it just goes and goes and goes like this whole thing about how the be- the best art should teach you something as well as entertain you yes. everything should be edutainment it is a- and it's it's the footnotes yeah do guide you a little bit through this this diversion but i am Honestly, never 100% sure when Cervantes is is giving us his honest, unvarnished opinion and when he is clowning on somebody. Yeah, based on the <laughs> historical record, it sounds like he might be clowning a little bit on Lope de Vega, the Spanish playwright, who was mm-hmm. very successful and sort of a, like, you know, I think people say he wrote, like, thousands of plays and, and very adventure, you know, cape and you know, fighting p- stories. I'm trying, there's a word, it's like, it's not cape and sword. No, you got, you nailed it. Cape and cape fighting, and fighting. Somebody's going to write in and tell me the word I used to know. God. Um, and it's like that stuff, is that stuff art or is that stuff trash? Does it matter because people are interested in it? And, you know, do people want what they want or should you give them something they don't know? They. It's all like, is reality television worth anyone's time? Yeah, right. Like, like is is insert new medium yeah. here art, or is it yeah. like a diversion that's rotting the brains of our our youth? And, and 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 like so many people throughout these books, this this you know their their opinion of books about knights errant do come up. Yep. Uh, furthermore, the style is fatiguing, the action incredible, the love lascivious, the courtesies clumsy, the battles long, the language foolish, the journeys nonsensical, and finally, since they are totally lacking in intelligent artifice, they deserve to be banished like unproductive people from Christian nations. <laughs> oh my god! So just like doing a light eugenics in with this critique of of he, chivalry books and he lands on it like what if we had a lord chamberlain like they i think they had in england for a good long time that could like that was the head censor of all art that got staged and like could tell you like what if the fcc was also like quality control and really like in there telling you what was good tv and not mm-hmm. i don't want to live in that world I don't know. I don't, like I don't know what Cervantes wants. To be honest, I have no idea. Um, but then, like that happens, we get Don Quixote out of the cage. They're like hanging out. They're like they've stopped to let the oxen eat some grass, and another goat herd shows up. A guy named Don. Guy named Eugenio. Yeah, and he's got a whole. Th- he's his, got <laughs> his defining characteristic. The of times where somebody in Don Quixote shows up, and my whole like summary of their whole thing is that they've got a whole deal 
Like so often Don Quixote and his party meet somebody and they've just got a whole deal and that's like and that's their thing. Yeah. I there's some I, I'm as I'm leafing through, I'll just briefly shout out that like that guy who was talking to the priest does converse with Don Quixote and Don Quixote makes a big defense of knight errant stories basically by conflating a bunch of true ones from history with like fiction. Yeah. And that's all blurring together, and it's very interesting. Now when when they run into this other this other group of people, is this the there is a, there is a point where where we've we've met another group of people who do not know who Don Quixote is, and one person says, "Senor, who is this man who looks so peculiar and talks in this fashion?" Who would he be? Responded the barber, and this is not the the bad barber from the basin story, but the barber who's Don Quixote's yeah. friend and neighbor. Who would he be? Responded the barber, but the famous Don Quixote of La Mancha, writer of wrongs, redresser of grievances, defender of damsels, scourge of giants, and victor in battle. That sounds to me, responded the goat herd, like the things one reads in books about knights errant, who did everything your grace says with regard to this man, though it seems to me that either your grace is joking or this gentleman must have a few vacant chambers in his head. You are a villain and a scoundrel, said Don Quixote, and you are the one who is vacant and foolish. I have more upstairs than the whore who bore you ever did. Wow. (laughs) Don Quixote goes from zero to 60 so fast. You can't insult his books, man. Whenever anybody says anything about how books about knights errant are stupid and fake. Don Quixote will kill you. Don Quixote also is stupid and fake. He like is ready to smash a bottle on the side and of a table. I am and, not and on the goat herd side on this one. You said earlier he has a whole deal. He wanders out of the woods yelling at his goat for being female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not great. And then he tells a whole story about how the lady the, that he had a crush on, yeah. he and his buddy had a crush on a lady, and instead of getting with either of them, she got with a new guy who came to town who then, you know, catfished her or something, like stole her dad's money. And then out of shame, she was sent to a convent. And then now no one can be in love with her. And they all live in the woods now. And he's like, so forgive me if I don't like women, okay? I yeah, hate my woman guy's goat. Whole th- he's just like wandering the woods telling everybody about the tale of the great friend zoning. It's like, <laughs> dude... <laughs> Like and Don Quixote's like, ooh, this sounds like a fun adventure. I'm sure that she's in a convent against her will. I will save her for you. And that's when the goat herd's like, this guy sucks. His head's empty, and then they fight. Um, and then we get another, yeah, just kind of a slap fight between these two, where they both bloody each other pretty good. I think but, this uh, is the one you alluded to, where like everyone steps back and is just like cheering them on, like, hey, yeah, just go for it. We love to watch people punch. <laughs> this is fun. This is a thing like it is in a footnote in this these last couple of chapters. It's explicitly spelled out that it has been 17 days since the whole book since the beginning of the book. <laughs> and Don Quixote's had so many very serious injuries that are made even more serious by the fact that it's 1500 and something. And he's in his 50s or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like so he's basically like way like two decades past the average life it's life expectancy my god and yeah he's just getting uh the crap beat out of him he must have the healing pretty much every day and yeah he just heals real fast i guess i don't know 
He drinks, is, and maybe it's because of that cool like diarrhea potion. Yeah, yes, he drinks but. his uh, four loco or whatever he has, and then he has mm-hmm. all his energy again. Um, while they're fighting, a, a trumpet blows in the distance, and then a bunch of priests show up. Uh, apparently, there's been a drought, and these priests are gonna pray for water, and they're carrying a big photo of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> And Don Quixote's like, hey, you jerks, let that lady go. And this is like some old school beginning of the novel Don Quixote stuff. Where like he Classic, classic Quixote. And we we hadn't had one of these in a while. Like we hadn't had one where he literally spots someone down the road and goes, That guy's a villain, I'm gonna go fight him. That guy's a jerk, I'm gonna go smack him. And he tries to the guy's stick breaks and he stabs Don Quixote. Don Quixote goes down fast. The guy, the priest runs away. One of the numerous priests. Sancho Panza. Last jaw does Don Quixote. Yes. Sancho Panza cries a lot. Cries so hard he wakes. Because he thinks Don Quixote's dead. He, does. he is moved. Um, this wakes Don Quixote back up, which is great. The priest does the little, hey, fellow priest, this guy needs our help. We're going to take him home. They take him home. They get him home, and that's the end of the end of the thing. Like, and, and he clearly doesn't know where he is. And and we meet Sancho Panza's wife. She yells at him a little bit. He avoids all of her criticism. End of story. There. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> so I I don't I did not look anything up about like the publication history of any of this. Like it is so in the frame of the book. Yeah, we've been allegedly like reading this story about about don quixote that was like translated from arabic i think a few chapters in we switched sources quote unquote yes yeah and so so whoever it is like whoever it is who's narrating this tale or like relaying this translation to us talks about the third sally of don quixote the next time that he sets out from his home but talks about how it's been lost Yes, and it it will end. And we get in we his get like death. we get a few songs, but yeah, we we get some yeah. like gr- like almost like cemetery odes to him and to Dulcinea. We get a little poem about Rosinante. We get a poem about Sancho. Not unlike some of the poems that we yeah. got in the very very beginning of this. And he's like, "This is all we have at the moment of this guy." Um. There's more out there, and somebody's working on it. And that's it's like the first to be continued question mark in a in a yeah like it, it is if 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 Cervantes had never followed this up with anything then the, sure this yeah. is an, this is an ending yes but uh, he does leave the door open for for future sequels yeah which is smart apparently and I'll try to look up a little bit more before our next episode. Um, someone published a Don Quixote two that was not Cervantes first. Yes, yeah, we we mentioned this briefly, I think, in our first Jagged Little Mill episode, and so some of that actually gets folded into the plot of the second part of Don Quixote, where now people in the universe have read about him and maybe are writing incorrect stories about him. Uh, so I think we might be coming at the like what is fiction and what is reality question from a slightly yeah, I mean, this, different angle. This, 
there are already people all over this first book who are all the time finding and talking about the works of Miguel de Cervantes. That is true. That is true. Uh, and there's a there's a handoff of the curious, the reckless curious man story to someone at some point. Like yeah, the the priest gets it, yeah. and he and he reads like there, there's some other stuff with it. And he's like, man, that that's that's this this book about the cucks was pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the rest of it because maybe it's it'll be good too. It might be by Cervantes. Who knows? It might be by Cervantes. It might be about might be about more cuck stuff. It's, you know who knows? It's all by Cervantes because it's all in the story by Cervantes. So next time, next time it's like we're reading a new book. Kind of. Kind of. It's the same book, but it's a different book. Yeah. It's like the second season of a television show. <laughs> or the second book in a book series, you might say. Hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that feels. I, I have no idea. Of, I don't know what to expect because I the only thing I knew was the windmills and that was done in like the second chapter. So at this yeah, point... We got, we got through the windmill so fast. <laughs> <laughs> And I am a big open question for me. How much Sancho Panza will there be? How much Sancho Panza will there be? How? I don't know. Like, I didn't dislike the the last few like episodes worth of yeah. Don Quixote that we read. Yeah. But yeah, we did get through like the iconic Don Quixote stuff that some, again, American conservative political cartoonists do kind yeah. of misunderstand even though it is right there at the very beginning of the book yeah. very easy to to get to and to read and to understand the the point of yeah uh <laughs> but we got through that really fast and then there were all these other chapters about stuff happening and for a while it was just him getting the crap beat out of him and then for a while it was Cervantes being like okay I guess I'm kind of bored of this Don Quixote story let me tell you about these cucks and and like this he started to do Shakespeare play and like. yeah he started to do way more like extended chapters of here's someone else's deal um rather than having them be like a you know the next Saturday morning cartoon with who will Don Quixote fight this week um yeah. so yeah I don't know what the rhythm of the next part will be I'm excited to find out yeah same See the man who tips the needle, see the man who buys and sells, see the man who... And I'm here to remind you that you're listening to Jagged Little Mill. It's a podcast about Don Quixote, brought to you by the boys at Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and I really I really am a fan of how you just went for it. I think that was really brave. Thank you. Ins- inspiring. Yeah. You know, um, we're reading about adventure. I figured I'd go take a risk. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you don't want it to be like some parts of the first part of Don Quixote where he's just getting beat up by a bunch of guys over and over again and it becomes sort of rote and not as fun. So, yeah, I always keeping it fresh, throwing new stuff at the audience. That's what we need to do here. Yeah. So... <laughs> We're reading Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. Last time on Don Quixote, we finished the first part of Don Quixote, yes. which encompasses his first and second sallies. And uh, this, the first part was published in, what, 1605? The second part was published in 1615. And before we 
so the, at the end of part one, he was brought home by all his friends, and they're just hoping that he's going to get better. They and put that's, him that's where, yeah. yeah, they put him in they a put him in a big cart mm-hmm. in a cage, and they said you're enchanted. And Sancho Panza, his erstwhile companion, no, that's not the right uses of erstwhile. His hitherto companion said, <laughs> uh, "I have to pee. Also, you're not enchanted." And Don Quixote is like, "Meh." You might have to pee, but I'm probably still enchanted. It's fine. And he went home, and there were some poems about him and his horse and all that. His horse, Rosinante, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's been a few years in Cervantes' time since Quixote showed up. It's been about a decade. And But then what happens between the publication of the first book and the publication of the second book is some other guy who we barely know anything about. Of Alonso Fernandez de Avellaneda. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, as right as he, it's going to be today. Yes, and I, I apologize for tripping up on that because I did practice and then I totally beefed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he published his own second part of the book and Cervantes really didn't like it. And so there's all... Like this whole first part of the second book that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk quite a bit about Cervantes just being mad and staying mad that somebody else tried to do another Don Quixote book. It's pretty and great. There is, and then later on, as we get further into this book, um, I think that we are going to run into the point in his writing process where the second book came out. And then we're going to start seeing the the f- the fake second book referred to in the real second book as Cervantes tries to wrap it up. <laughs> so I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I had heard a few years ago, I I I don't know what I was listening to where they were talking about Don Quixote, uh, not this podcast, and they were talking about it as this early example of like meta storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of just filed that away in my brain and I was waiting for it to get like explicitly meta. Mm-hmm. And here's where the rubber meets the road. Like I think there was here's stuff in we, the previous where book mm-hmm. where he was referencing novels and stories outside of the text. And it was all about him reading these like, you know, Night errant stories and these romantic tales, and then acting them out. But now we well, and he and he references that Cervantes is a thing, yeah. and the whole frame about it being like translated from Arabic by yes. somebody. Like it's very, it's a weird frame that dabbles with being metatextual. But now we're going full Dan Harmon. <laughs> the book <laughs> Don Quixote is in this book. Don Quixote, and then I guess that the fake second part is going to be in this in it later, also. Like there, there are a couple of chapters where mainly they talk about the first book and response to it, and mainly it's Cervantes responding in the comment section about things that people have asked about. (laughs) In my last video, I said such and such and such. Per my last email, let me tell you what happened to Sancho's stolen donkey. So this section opens up with what I believe is a real thing that Cervantes wrote, though it's been... Yeah, we get like a a real letter to whoever his like the financial patron was. The Count of Lemos, who I believe was a... Delicious. A duke 
the Duke of Naples, I think. I went to his Wikipedia page, and and the primary factoid is that he gave Cervantes money. So, uh-huh. um, and he's writing a letter, and he says, "Hey, thanks for being a bro. Uh, I've sent you some of my plays. I'm also sending you this edition of Don Quixote Two. Hope you like it." Um, here's what, he's, what does he say directly. I have been urged on every side to send him forth in order to alleviate the loathing and disgust caused by another Don Quixote who has traveled the world in d- the disguise of a second part. So he's he's getting this to his uh, his sugar daddy as soon as he can before his sugar yeah. daddy reads the bad Quixote. Yeah, there's that. And then after that, there's the prologue that's intended for we the reader. And that one is even more mad. It it's, is. And it, be- and it begins. It does that classic rhetorical flourish where he says, I'm not even going to respond to the second part because of all these uh, long list of reasons that outlines item by item all of the issues that he has with the second part of the the Don Quixote and who wrote it and why it's bad. It's great. He comes up, he comes up with like two different metaphors about herding dogs. And I don't mean herding them, like getting them to a place. I mean like harming dogs, like blowing them up like a balloon or dropping stones on them. And they're both Mm -hmm. metaphors for writing books somehow. I only sort of got it, but mm-hmm. I think he's trying to communicate, hey, listen, you shouldn't write bad books. Lord, It begins, Lord, save me. <laughs> How impatiently you must be waiting for this prologue, illustrious or perhaps plebeian reader, believing you will find in it reprisals, quarrels, and vituperations hurled at the author of the se- second Don Quixote. I mean, the one sired in Tordesillas, they say, and born in Tarragona. And that is a reference to the other guy, and I believe that other guy's own financial back. Sure, okay. Uh, but the truth is, I will not give you that pleasure, for although offenses awaken rage in the most humble hearts, in mine this rule must find its exception. You would like me to call him an ass, a fool, an insolent dolt, but the thought has not even entered my mind. Let his sin be his punishment. Let him eat it with his bread, and let that be an end to it. Oh my god. <laughs> he knows what he did. I'm I was struggling to think of a contemporary analog to this situation. In the world of modern copyright law, this just like doesn't happen. It's kind of, I mean it's kind of like a diss track, I guess. It yes, that's a good yes, it's a diss track. That's a good These two one. These guys are are beefing and they're beefing. And now they're dissing each other. It also seems like maybe it's a little bit of like open source forum wars or something. But I don't know. It feel there. It would be like if if uh, E. L. James mm. and um, Stephanie Meyer, if if Stephanie Meyer went on to the forum where Snow Creek Queen's Ice Dragon was posting her Twilight smut. Yes. And it was like, listen, listen. I'm not even gonna get into what's wrong with this. First of all, because- he's not a vampire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the other part I liked about the letter to his sugar daddy was when he claimed that the emperor of China loved Don Quixote. Oh, sure. Yes. And I was, bet you have close relations with the emperor of China. And was going to hire him to come to China to teach about it. But because the emperor had not sent an advance, Cervantes had declined. Yeah, and then uh, he talked, and then Cervantes talks about how his uncle, who works at Nintendo, was gonna get them to change it into a Don Quixote video game. 
but at the last minute it got it got canceled because of uh, localization problems yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i did find uh, an article on the asian review of books.com about the first like definitive chinese edition uh was published in 1978 by yang Zhang. it was like written during the cultural revolution and stuff and there were other editions prior to that but the writer was like what is what is Cervantes talking about? This is so focused. <laughs> Which is pretty fun. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, he's, right, he's like, keep paying me money because I'm, you know, I'm the real Don Quixote. Please stand up. Um, <laughs> and he goes on for multiple pages. Uh, say no more to him. And I do not. Cervantes continues. And I do not wish to say more to you except to tell you to consider that the second part of Don Quixote, which I offer to you now, is cut by the same artisan and from the same cloth as the first. And in it, I give you a somewhat expanded Don Quixote who is at the end dead and buried so that no one will dare tell more tales about him. <laughs> and so in I was reading about the... I guess the the critical reception to this one, and some people think that this is the the better of the two books because Don Quixote and Sancho are, are a little more textured, and I think huh. maybe there's a little more going on in it. But I don't, you know, we'll be the judges of that. I can tell you that every single cultural thing that Don Quixote is famous for did happen in like the first half a dozen chapters of the first book. So yeah, you know, who who knows, but. Maybe we'll develop I'm, I'm some hipster Quixote opinions. Yeah. Like the real, and it's not, ooh, it's like the reverse of classic, like, oh, you had to know the early stuff. Like everybody knows the early Don Quixote stuff. Maybe it's going to turn out that that all those, like, peop, all those conservative uh, political cartoonists who think that Don Quixote was an awesome dude who <laughs> beat up windmills. Maybe, they, maybe right. they read the whole thing and maybe they're right. Maybe that's what we're going to Oh, find no. Out. Maybe we're the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the age old question of this podcast. Are we the mm-hmm. Philistines? Anyway, the answer is yes. Um, chapter <laughs> one, uh, we are reminded that we are reading the translation uh, by Seed Hamid Benegeli uh, from Arabic. Again, part of the meta text. And the fact, like, it's that whole thing where it's like, this is based on a real, based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like the fact that the, this is picking up pretty much right where the first book left off. And the fact that that first book does exist in here with all of its, you know, editorial errors and all, but it's still got this bizarre frame translation thing going on like we'll 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 set it aside we'll we'll let cervantes have this Don't, one yeah but it is a little strange please let him have this one because i think it kind of rules that he was like <laughs> yes okay so this this chapter opens up with the priest and the barber coming back to visit don quixote a month after the events of book one to just mm-hmm. see how he's getting on. Meanwhile, in the world around them, some enchanter has published a book about Don Quixote's life so far, and mm-hmm. everyone's reading it, and everyone has opinions. Yeah. It's great. So, uh, the what? The, it's the priest and the barber, whoever Don Quixote's yeah, buds. chill buds are. They come to see how he's how he's doing and maybe if being on house arrest, basically, and yeah. not running around and getting his butt kicked in the name of 
chivalry, maybe he's uh, maybe he's going to be okay, and maybe he'll revert to the way that he was before. They speak with him at some length, and it does seem like he is, you know, he he is aware of the world around him. He's giving very astute answers he's to their questions. Pining. They're just having yes. a chill conversation. And then one of them decides, okay, I'm just going to poke the bear. I'm going to start talking about chivalry for a sec. And that is when everything goes south pretty quick. Um, yeah. But yeah, and this, and we get the little bit of this in, in book one, two, where people are, people muse to themselves during a couple of Don Quixote's like philosophical tears about like the horrors of, of war and stuff Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, this guy is so, so uh, erudite when he's talking about anything other than these horrible books that he, he likes. That's kind of, it's kind of a shame. Yes. Yeah. There is a real, uh, like that is continued here. There's yeah. a real, like God put dinosaur bones in the earth to test us moment. Where the priest is like, I don't know, people don't think that these things really happened. They're pretty sure that this is like fiction and fable and falsehood. And he's like, that is another error into which many have fallen. They do not believe that knights ever existed in the world. And with a variety of people on different occasions, I've often attempted to bring this common misconception into the light of truth. He's out here to tell you that knights are real, okay? And he is one. And if the king would just bring back the knights errant, then maybe the king wouldn't have so many problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was stupid king. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was reading back uh, to try and like refresh my memory because I read this a little while ago. I think you could like when you mentioned the poking the bear thing, Andrew. I do think that the priest and the barber. I don't know. I think they like getting him wound up. I there's an element where they are concerned for his physical safety. But I don't think that they actually like really dislike the adventurous Quixote as much as his like his uh, housekeeper, his housekeeper and his niece yeah. do or whatever. I mean, it it does when it does come to him actually suiting up to leave again. And yeah, so he's getting ready and Sancho's getting ready, and this third person who only comes to kind of inform them both about the book that they were in. Ah, uh, Carrasco. Yes. Yeah the the priest and the barber. Nowhere to be found. I don't know if they had like other stuff yep. going on that day or if they had like another neighbor who had been reading too many weird books and, and thought, thought that he was a chicken or something like they're just they're <laughs> not there to, to try and stop him. No, they are just there to like, I don't know. Yeah, they which feel- is not which is not to endorse your theory, but mm. it is to say that it does not contradicts the facts as we know them yeah i don't think sure sure they do seem to be in the last book they did seem to be having quite a bit of fun meeting like a succession of extremely beautiful ladies reading that fun book about cuckolding well like they, they seem to be having an okay time yeah and well and when the when sancho panza was like hey could you like help out don quixote they were like yeah but we do need to get in costume first <laughs> Like they're not just gonna march out there and with like a warrant and say come home you're dangerous. Yeah, it has to become a Monty Python routine first. <laughs> uh, Sancho Panza does show up. I think the housekeeper calls him a bag of evil, and <laughs> that's fair. That's, he, he's like that, that tracks with our our knowledge of Sancho. He's like, hey, are we going out anytime soon? Because remember that thing where you promised me like land and you know and a job insula, and money and, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's like, everybody's talking about you. They have a lot of different opinions. They call you crazy but amusing, brave but unfortunate, courteous but insolent, and so on and so forth. And there is a book about us going around. Um, so this guy named Seed put it together. And there is a guy in town who knows a lot about it. Maybe we should talk to him. That's kind of all Sancho has to say there. I assure you, Sancho, said Don Quixote, that the author of our history must be some wise enchanter, for nothing is hidden from them if they wish to write about it. Which explains the omniscience of this person who has apparently written all this stuff. And how quickly <laughs> everyone got hold of it, this magical mm-hmm. text. Um, and then the rest of it is all just like, there were a couple things that I highlighted that were reactions that we ourselves, yes. you and me, had had to the first book of Don Quixote. Uh, even so, respond to the bachelor, who's the guy who comes over and yep. tells them all about this book. Bachelor some people who Some people who have read the history say they would have been pleased if its authors had forgotten about some of the infinite beatings given to Senor Don Quixote in various encounters. Something we literally said. One of the objections people make to the history, said the bachelor, is that its author put into it a novel called The Man Who Was Recklessly Curious... Not because it is a bad novel or badly told, but because it is out of place and has nothing to do with the history of his grace, Senor Don Quixote. Now, that is a criticism that a lot of other people had. I think we were glad to take a break from yeah. Senor Quixote yeah. for a couple of chapters. But I do understand if I picked up a new let's just let's just keep using Twilight. That's the only book that that's the only book anybody knows. It's the only book. If I pick up a new a new like cool Harry Potter book. And then in the middle of it, there's three chapters about like a mouse who rides a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it might, if it's a, if it's a cool story, then great. But I might be a little confused about why that happened. Yeah. It's like I go down the comic store on comics Wednesday or whatever it is. I've never done this. I don't don't know what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm here to get the new Batman. And it's like, oh, crap. It's like, what, three weeks of Robin? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I mean, that at least is happening in Batman's continuity. It's like if you picked <laughs> up a... Yes. A, try, went to go get the new Batman, and you're like, finally, we're going to find out it's Archie more about or something. his dead parents. And yeah, it's like Archie and Jughead <laughs> running around Gotham trying to get a good burger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While the scarecrow like kills a bunch of people, I would I love know. to see the scarecrow and Archie interact. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what I'm if, not sure if it's that the same. It's hmm. I'm not sure if Archie the Archie comics system and DC the Arch CU. I'm not sure if it overlaps. Um, I will say one of the other things that I noted. There are two things from Don Quixote that I noted in this section. While you look that up. Um, he even had some questions about how much time was spent on Sancho because <laughs> he was like, listen, this is a story about a knight errant. Why would they spend so much time writing about a squire? That seems a little strange. Um, I don't think they're DC, but I think there's been some creative cross-pollinization okay, okay. in the past. Okay, There was ahead. a beat where uh, I'm just going to read this. I, had a, I put a, a frowny face in my margin next to this passage here. Um, this gave him some consolation, but it made him disconsolate to think that its author was a Moor, as suggested by the name Seed, and one could not expect truth from the Moors because all of them are tricksters, liars, and swindlers. Oh yeah, I highlighted that one, and then I highlighted a later one where Sancho appears to be like openly anti-Semitic. Yeah. Did you catch that? That one was fun, That too. was cool, too. 
Like, I don't really have any commentary on that. It's just like, oh, cool. Remember when but you said the these one, characters were more layered in the second part? The, the, one, the one thing I did think about is there's that episode of The Simpsons where Homer accidentally makes friends with somebody who's gay and he's really, like, panicked mm. about it because it was the 90s. Yeah. And, like, it was okay for other people to be gay over there as long as they didn't bring it into your straight life. Sure. And... A long time ago, I listened to some of the like the writer commentary on that track, and they like part of the point of that episode was supposed to be that Homer is an idiot and like clearly he's wrong about his attitude. Yeah, yeah. Because we have spent eight years or however long it was at that time establishing that this man is kind wrong of about an adult. Yeah, yeah. But you run up against like. He's also your protagonist. And so people are conditioned to to root for him and sympathize with his viewpoint. The Walter White problem. Even when yeah. he's doing dumb stuff. And so I do wonder if we're running into a little tiny bit of that with uh, Don and, and Sancho here. It is also possible that Cervantes is just being a little racist. Yeah, that's probably true. But I did it, like this that's sentence. what it made me think of. Um, that's what made the me Bachelor think of. Carrasco says, there is no book so bad that it does not have something good in it. I like, I just like, Huh. I want to just put that. I just want to like take that out of this book. I don't know if I we appropriate feel, that for our podcast. Yeah, I think there may be maybe a few books so bad, um, but even the books that are so bad that you want to say they have nothing good about them, like we're talking about them, aren't we? Aren't we? Yeah, we talked about Girl Next Door like that's more than we talked about any other book that either of us have ever read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> huh? We're talking about it, aren't we? Mm. And that's like the worst edge lordy thing you can say about a controversial opinion. Oh about God, yeah. Like. This is um, maybe I don't love this que- this quote because it's basically there's no no press is bad press or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Sancho in the next chapter tries to answer some of the criticisms <laughs> from the book. Yeah, criticisms that include what happened to your donkey, did you spend the money that you got that one time, Yeah, and what some other just like weird th- things that in real life had been printing errors or oversights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that now have to be canonically fixed. Which I love! In this, in this book that came out 10 years well, later. Well, because Cervantes doesn't have a Twitter account. He can't be like, oh, I'm sorry I messed up on page 70. Like He's got to put it in the book. That's the only way to talk to the people. He can't go on Twitter and be like, yeah, Dumbledore's gay the whole time. Yes, exactly. Which is also mm-hmm. a weird thing to tweet because it's not, why, why don't you just put it in the book? Huh. You didn't need to. You didn't need to do that. I guess. I can just retcon diversity into my books, Craig. But not too much. Yeah. Not, as, not especially not specific kinds of diversity. This is kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Listen, I have another quote from Sancho that I liked in this in this chapter. I don't even remember what he's talking about. He's just like defending him. The, he's defending the notion of Sancho Panza. Sancho, pa- Sancho, I was born and Sancho, I plan to die. But even so, if heaven should be so kind as to offer me without too much trouble or risk an insula or something else like that, I'm not such a fool that I'd turn it down. Because as they say, when they give you a heifer, don't forget to bring a rope. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a similar passage a little bit later where Sancho is, as he is wont to do, using a bunch of like idioms or analogies or whatever to to make a point about Bird and Ham being better than two. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah. He's, like, kind of trying to talk himself out of going out with Quixote again. 
<laughs> and Quixote says, uh, and remember, Sancho, that fine hopes are better than miserable possessions and a good lawsuit better than a bad payment. <laughs> so it is better to aspire to things rather than to just sit around vaguely that's, unhappy with what you definitely have already. That's true. Other th- one other thing that I learned from yeah. this from this stretch of Don Quixote, I learned what a touchstone is. You know what a touchstone is? I missed that. Hit me. Uh, uh, from the footnotes, a kind of black stone that was once used to test the purity of gold or silver by rubbing the stone with the metal and analyzing the streak left behind. Huh. So that's kind of literally neat. like a like a reference point or or yeah for for a thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, some words you just don't think that they came from somewhere, and then you dig back far enough, and they do come from. Somewhere. You know, um, you know what a keystone is, right? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, kind of very good beer that you can buy in a box that has thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many. We live in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, which yes. it gets its name because of the you know it was important to the, the Union and the colonies and blah 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 blah. blah. But you know, is, what, baby. do you know what a Keystone is though? No, I don't know what a Keystone. It's is. the it's the stone that you drop into an arch to make an arch structurally sound. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I do know this. I know I know it now. Like it was in my brain waiting to be reconnected to my active neural <laughs> pathways. <laughs> and now you've done that for me. Yeah, Thank talking you. stones here on Jagged Little Jagged Little. Talking Mill. stone. Talking stone. Um this chapter four ends with Carrasco being like, hey. Uh, the guy's going to make a second book about you at some point. Maybe you should go get some fame from like a jousting tourney or something. Um, and he's like, cool, cool, cool. Could you like write an acrostic poem about my love Dulcinea, please? <laughs> what the heck? Like, Listen, I, I know that this has 17 letters in it, but I need it to be exactly 16 lines to fit into this poem format that I prefer. So, you know. Do it. Okay. Go for it. Chapter five was kind of weird because there's this. Which one's chapter five? Is that the one where Sancho is talking to his wife? Yes. Or is that the. Yes. Yes. And Cervantes keeps saying, listen, the translator has notes in this passage about how Sancho is talking a little big for his britches. And I'm not really sure what's going on here, but it is weird. Like that's. Mm -hmm. That crops up multiple times. In the yeah, chapter. It's, it's said over and over. I think it, in, like every time a line comes up, because at the beginning of the chapter, it's like some people don't think this is this is really in here because Sancho's characterization seems a little off. But I'm going to include it anyway. And then again, every time you get a sentence where Sancho's characterization seems a little off, Cervantes is like, "Listen, remember, <laughs> I don't know if this is if this is supposed to be in here or not. What is I've, he doing? I don't know. I don't know." Sancho is like marginally more like he usually has to be the foil or the doofus in every conversation that he has. And yeah. now he is having a conversation with his wife, Teresa or Teresa, somebody who like, I think societally would have been considered somebody that he was in charge of somebody yeah. he could boss around and yeah. he could just tell what was going to happen and then he could go do it. 
Um, and that is a that is not the role that Sancha normally plays, and so maybe that is part of why we're getting. That's an interesting way to think about it. Just like just like Quixote's mode of speech, and it happens once in this this stretch of chapters, and it happened a bunch in book one. Every time he gets a little mad and huffy with Sancho about something, his speech suddenly becomes more like detached and highfalutin and and like formal. Because yeah. he's mad. And so I don't know. Maybe there's just some weird like code switching going on. Yeah, here. that might be true. Um the the crux of this conflict, which I guess Sancho just wins mostly by using these uncharacteristic words and walking away, I think, is his wife's like, Hey, don't rise above our station. Like, we're just people here living, doing our thing. Why gotta why you gotta like make a big deal out of everything and try to try to reach for the stars, Sancho. We're yeah, like, just trying even to live if you married our even if you married our daughter off to a, like a noble, she wouldn't know what she was doing. Yeah. She just want to come and wear a burlap sack with onions written on it, and she, <laughs> she would have no idea what she was doing. And he's like, "Listen, this like eccentric man is gonna get me an island that I'm gonna be in charge of, and I'm gonna marry our daughter to a count, okay?" And they go back and forth a lot, and he wins. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't convinced that he had actually convinced his wife of anything. He just Sanchoed it. Yeah, I mean, and again, as I alluded to, it's not a case where he strictly needs to convince her, in, except insofar as he needs to like sh- she can't be threatening to like burn the house down and run away if he leaves like that. That's the extent to which he has to win this argument, which is a pretty low bar. I think. Yeah. Let me just read this as an example so that people at home know what we're talking about. Sure. 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 Um, sure. To close out the section. Um, uh, all the words that Sancho says here are the second of his statements that caused the translator to consider this chapter apocryphal, for they far exceed the capacity of Sancho, who continued, saying, This accounts for the fact that when we see someone finely dressed and wearing rich clothes and with a train of servants, it seems that some force moves and induces us to respect him. Uh, and if this man whose earlier lowliness has been erased by the good fortune that has raised him to prosperity is well-mannered, generous, and courteous with everyone and does not compete with those who have been noble since ancient times, you can be sure, Teresa, that nobody will will remember what he was but will revere him for what he is unless they are envious and no good fortune is safe from envy. It's a little bit of like Prince Ali <laughs> from Aladdin. Like <laughs> When street rap becomes a rich guy and he acts like a rich guy, people are going to treat him like a rich guy. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just try to be rich guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his his wife's the secret. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's ancient. It's been people have known about it for centuries, Craig. And Teresa says, "I don't understand you, my husband. So do what you want, and don't give me any more headaches with your long speeches and fine words. And if you're revolved to do what you say, resolved is what you should say," said Sancho. Now that is Which when is not, that's normally a thing. This yes, Don Quixote's doing to Sancho. If I were the tr- being like you, dumb dumb, you use the wrong word. If I were the translator, that's the moment where I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's mm-hmm. not my Sancho. That's not not hashtag not my Sancho. Yeah. Um, or like earlier when I said that you're using erstwhile wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Chapter six. <laughs> um, the niece and the housekeeper want Don Quixote to stay. Maybe he could just join the court and be cool. He wants to be Don a knight. Quixote says no. no. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like no, not interested. He goes through that whole like the only way to get famous is to like write a bunch of books or to be a, a cool hero soldier. 
Letters or arms. Remember that from the first book? Subjective books. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. He wins. They're not going to stop him. Um, No. Nobody's nobody's going to stop it. It's a second book about Don Quixote. Like, he's going to leave. Yeah. Um, And so the the last couple chapters are mostly just, like, him leaving. Him and Sancho leaving home. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a, there's a little bit where we get, we meet, um, Carrasco, Carrasco comes back because the housekeeper asked her for help, asked him for help. And he's like, ha ha, no, I won't. I think Don Quixote should be a knight because this book was cool. And Sancho Panza wants better wages and he wants like, I mean, he tries, he tries to get a salary. He tries to get a real salary, which Sancho My squire wa- has unionized. I know. And Nagiote is like, no, there's no precedent for that, Sancho. Um, sorry. It's not in the books. It's not in the books. So, uh, and Sancho, uh, Sancho finally resolves to do it because Carrasco is like, well, I could go with you, and Sancho's like, stop it. No, you will not. I will go with you. And him. then there's there's a little bit around this this same passage where the, this Carrasco is is hanging out with Don Quixote and Sancho. And he's read this book, but part of him, I think, still believes that these two guys can't possibly be. Yeah, that's a good as point. As ridiculous as they are, as they are in the book, but then Sancho talks for a while. <laughs> the bachelor was astonished to hear the manner and fashion in which Sancho Panza spoke. For although he had read the first history of the night, he never believed the squire was as amusing as he had been depicted there. But when he heard him say will and codicil that can't be resoaked instead of will and codicil that can't be revoked, he believed everything about him that he had read and took him to be one of the most solemn simpletons of our day. That rules. <laughs> and said to himself that two such madmen as this master and servant had never been known in the world before. <laughs> I just had a thought about that chapter with Sancho, Andrew. Okay. Now, we have not read Don Kibogus or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the alternate garbage Quixote, Dan, Dan Quixote, Dan Quixote. <laughs> um, maybe part of what Cervantes is doing with that chapter, with the remarks about Sancho, is like here's a character that you know from the first book, and I'm gonna present him in a way that feels a little off, but I'm gonna include a bunch of notes about how this is incorrect. And how the translator's not like totally comfortable with this being part of the story because it doesn't feel right. Because what you just said that Carrasco notes is like that's classic Sancho. Yeah, classic Sancho. So I, I feel like maybe that might be a little bit of what Cervantes is doing with this like, hey, here's a version of the character that I don't even endorse. Me, Cervantes, the guy writing the book. I'm not, yeah, like I, knowing nothing about the second part, like none that nothing about. I I don't know like a comprehensive list of every like jab that yeah, Cervantes yeah. makes of this other guy throughout this book. It's also possible that Cervantes is just doing some stylistic stuff. Yeah, to, yeah. to let everybody know that, that hey, it's me, your boy Cervantes. Nobody else is gonna make you question the book you're reading in the middle of the book you're reading like <laughs> I am. This is this is a this is one of my hallmarks. Well, and he also but then now he's like created an in-book universe where if it's a little different from what you remember, it's still Cervantes, baby. Like still Cervantes. he's covering all his bases here. Uh-huh. Um there's an argument 
with Sancho and Quixote about whether or not Dulcinea is really a princess. Um, they talk a little bit in the last two chapters that we read, eight and nine, about whether or not Sancho ever actually visited her, which he definitely yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but uh, yeah, they, they have uh, resolved to travel to Toboso. Yes, to visit which Dulcinea. Is the place where Dulcinea lives. And su- surprisingly to me, I think it's chapter the chapter eight ends with their road trip and yeah. they do like chat a while, but nothing happens to them. Nope, nothing happens. <laughs> and that's that was the most surprising thing to me of all is that, that Don Quixote cannot go from point A to point B without getting enmeshed in altercations G, yeah. J, and P. Uh-huh. Like it's, mm-hmm. he, there's a lot of, of, uh, other uh, distractions and diversions in the first book that at least in this first little bit of the Sally is, is not present. I'm sure, I'm sure we will get there. Yeah. I wonder, I'm just going to be on high alert for anything that strikes me as different. Yes. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like the Toboso stuff that we read, we read through chapter nine. And so it's a little bit of an awkward cutoff because the Toboso stuff is just getting started. Like they roll into town, it's nighttime, they're arguing. Like what? Kyote says he's never even seen Dulcinea. Yeah. And so he's like, but surely you have Sancho. And Sancho's like, man, not really, but it's fine. And they talk to a guy who's like, nah, ain't no princesses here. And that's like the end. Yeah. And I'm just a worker. I t- <laughs> I'm, I'm walking here, but I ain't seen no princesses. I ain't seen no princesses. Um, so it's a little bit of like, we'll find out what happens next time there. But yeah, I wonder, my expectations moving forward, I will be so interested w- to know what, yeah. how front-loaded this meta stuff is. Are we going to get a lot of this moving forward? Or is that just kind of like an opening salvo and we're going to get right back into Don Quixote getting punched and yeah because this section is soaked in it and it is not that different in like style and character from some of the meta stuff that was happening in the first book but there is just a lot more of it what is intact is definitely the quixote sancho dynamic yeah that's the same as ever it was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a little Um, extra juice now because they have like people are talking about their relationship yeah which is kind of cool Mm-hmm. Like when people talk about our relationship. Yeah, it's like they have a podcast and that now they have to like be friends in public. Mm-hmm. That I think that will be, I think I heard it. I heard I wasn't talking to Cervantes. I think I saw yeah, I someone talking around the water cooler yeah, about Cervantes that we might meet some more characters who have heard of Don Quixote. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but if I, I would expect that to take place at this point. I mean, so as we're, as we, and this is how we can close, I guess, as, as we are talking about this, um, the trial of Elizabeth Holmes is starting up. Elizabeth Holmes is the Silicon Valley mogul who famously told a bunch of lies about a A blood blood test test that she and her company had developed and is being charged for 12 counts of fraud. Yeah. Her lawyers in court argued earlier this week that failure is not a crime, quote, which I guess is the strongest defense that they think they have. Yeah. Uh, Even though in many cases, failure literally is a crime. But as Holmes disgraced former 
tech CEO showed up to the courtroom, there were fans dressed as her there to greet her. Yeah. And so my point being, no matter how objectively bad you are Mm. and how stupid you seem Mm. and how many people that you hurt, there's always a chance that something about your whole vibe is going to connect with people. Oh, and you're still going to have fans. Martin Shkreli has fans. Like there, there are some real turds who have fandoms. And so I'm wondering, like, who do we meet that's a Don Quixote fan? Do we meet sort of the you know the people in Forrest Gump who just run with him? Oh my god, for a long time. Like, do we do we get some Quixote heads? I'm getting who are just so excited about this book now yeah i can't wait till like chapter 30 which just like pl- takes place at don con or whatever and everybody's <laughs> in cosplay from the first book mm-hmm. and don quixote thinks they're all like evil enchanters and he has mm-hmm. to fight them mm-hmm. oh i can't wait oh man i hope we're not building this up too much <laughs> no i think it's, it's gonna be a good time though there was there were people who got who weren't able to serve on the jury of that Elizabeth Holmes case, Andrew, because they had been consuming like podcasts about the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if somebody's going to have to recuse themselves from the novel, Don Quixote 2. <laughs> so, Don Quixote, we're back. Yep. Back in it. I'm feeling good. Um, in it to win it. If you have thoughts about Don Quixote, you can send them to us at OverduePod at gmail.com. Hit us up Facebook and Twitter at OverduePod. Andrew, the yeah, folks will hear this one at the end on the main feed. So tell us where they can find out more about our show writ large. OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. We have links there to all the ways you can subscribe to the show. Leave us a review and a rating in Apple Podcasts if you so choose, if you desire. Yeah. If that makes you feel happy or good. We all, if you want to get these episodes early, patreon.com slash overdue pod, kick us a couple of bucks, support the show and get access to bonus episodes early. You can suggest books to us. You at certain tiers, you can sit in on live YouTube recordings like the one we did a couple of weeks ago for the storybook version of the nineties film space jam. Yep. If you're listening to this on the main feed, it's probably the end of September and Spooktober's around the corner. So get excited. Spooktober. That's all I have to say. I don't know mm-hmm. what we're reading yet. It's it's a mystery. That's going to that's gonna be the spookiest thing of all is finding out what we're going to read. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you know what we say at the end of every episode of Jagged Little Mill. What do we say at the end of every episode? Something from the book or something, something else we said in the recording. Mm-hmm. Fine hopes are better than miserable possessions, and a good lawsuit is better than a bad payment. Through the woodland, through the valley, comes a horseman wild and free. Tilting at the windmills passing, who can the brave young horseman be? He is wild, but he is mellow. He is strong, but he is weak. He is cruel, but he is gentle. He is wise, but he is meek. You know what they say, or what we say, 
at the end of every episode of Jagged Little Mill. Yeah, we have more upstairs than the whore who bore you never did. That's right. Ha, 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 ha.